2: hello and welcome to the utah puck reports i'm your host jay stevens and we're doing what everybody's doing now it's the zoom interview the zoom podcast uh today with me we have former utah grizzly still professional hockey player mitch wall mitch how are you
3: Doing well. Thanks for having me on the show, guys.
2: It's awesome to see you again. We're we're excited to uh, touch base with you and see how you're doing and, and catch up.
3: Yeah, you bet. Yeah, it's uh, a lot of time has passed between uh, time I've played there, so we have some things to talk about.
2: Yeah. So where where were you, or what season were you here last? What years I, were those?
3: I played eleven, twelve, and twelve, thirteen. So I played parts of two seasons there, but um, okay. Yeah, man, time flies. It's seven, eight years ago now, so it's been a while. And where were you when all this COVID hit? Uh, I was actually in Germany at the time. That's where I played this past season. And uh, we got out of there, it seemed like at the time, just, just in the nick of time when they put the, the ban up and everything for the travel restrictions and stuff. So we wanted to get home when we could, but um, we did. And it sounds like it's getting better, actually, over in Europe at this point, though.
2: Yeah, it's uh, Germany seems to be going back and forth. My daughter was supposed to start school there this semester, and now there doesn't look like that's going to work out. Uh, our other hosts, we're always glad to have back Evan Stocklet. Evan, how are you? Doing pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, doing well. Looks like the, <laughs> the the COVID beard's in full effect. Yeah, figured I'd try it out. I don't know how much longer it'll <laughs> last, but we'll see. Uh, I like it. It's hard to tough it out, but I like it. <laughs> Thank you. And then uh, our, our our other co-host is Jordan Parisi. Jordan, how are you? I'm doing
0: well. The, uh, we're just kind of hanging in there. There's not really a ton going on in, in my particular line of work right now with the hospitals and them shutting down um, a lot of the stuff that I do on a daily basis. But otherwise, everybody's hanging in there. Utah's great. You just walk out your back door. You got thousands of miles of trails, and that's your social distancing right there. So it's been all good.
2: Absolutely. And that is one of the greatest things about Utah. And you live in a part where, I mean, you're right next to uh, a lake, right? You're right next to Jordan L. And, right next to Jordan L., yep. Yeah, very nice up there. All right, cool. So what we wanted to talk about this week is, uh, I say this week, and secretly we're not supposed to admit this, but Evan and Jordan and I already did this episode, and then we lost it to technology. So we're going to redo this episode because I think it's important to talk about. And I think it's something that um, parents wonder about. How do you pick the best hockey camp for your kid? And uh, I, I, Jordan, I'm going to start off with you just because I, th- I think it was you that talked about being honest with yourself. And if it was Evan, then I'm going to give you credit for it. I, I don't know who said it, it during our other episode, but I thought that was a really good point. Um, about being honest with yourself and with your child that you're going to send to a hockey camp. So Jordan, tell us a little bit about what you think goes into picking a hockey camp. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was both
0: Evan and I, that kind of talked about this and we were just making sure that when parents are doing these things, when they're setting things up, that the expectation has been set of what they're trying to get out of this camp that they're going to be sending their kids to. So if they want their kid to go there and just have a good time and say it's have it be more like, Hey, he's just with his buddies. This is a YMCA type camp. They're going to go fishing on some days. They're going to go go karts the next day. They're going to go, you know, just kind of enjoy their time more or less Then just understand that that's what, you know, what you got to go for. If, if you're expecting, uh, and, and we talk a lot about managing expectations, but if you're expecting this, the camp that you're going to be sending your kid to, to be a very high level camp and it's not, you can't be yelling at people and you can't be yelling at coaches that it's not up to that level. And the same thing goes for the other side. If you wanted your kid to have a more enjoyable experience and he's not that serious about hockey, but he still wants to hang out with his friends. And then you send him to a camp that is very high intensity, then, you know, you can't be critical of that camp either because, you know, you, as a parent, you just, it's, and and we'll get really deep into this, but you really have to do your best to do your homework and understand what you're getting yourself into. And manage the expectations with the kids manage your own expectations of you know so that you can kind of just go into this and say this is what we're expecting this is uh we can talk to the counselors we can talk to the coaches we can you know it's more about doing all this stuff in the front end uh so then in the back end after that camp has happened or during the camp you know you're not kind of crying foul and saying hey this isn't what we signed up for so it's doing a lot of the a lot of the research uh, in the front end manage the expectations of the parents manage the expectations of the kids. And then to be honest with you, at at that point, everybody should be pretty happy with the direction that they went.
2: Right. And and that's, I think this is a perfect group to talk about this because in order to get where you guys got as professional hockey players, you've had to go to camps growing up and you learned firsthand what worked best for you. And, And I'm sure that that's what you try to apply to your camps. And now, Mitch, you're going to do a camp this summer. That's, that's your intent this year is you're doing a camp and you're bringing it to Utah and uh, tell us what kind of thought process did you put into putting your camp together and what are you hoping to offer and what are you hoping the kids get out of it?
3: Yeah. Well, you bring up a good point where you, as a kid, uh, I did a lot of camps and I learned a lot of things as a child to develop my skills and whatnot. So I've, uh, a lot of those camps that I did, I felt like really helped me as a player. And as a, um, you know, as I've gone into junior hockey and into pro hockey and that's kind of what I have embedded in me. And that's kind of what I like to try to, you know, put into the kids that I work with. Um, I've, I've done a lot of things in California. Um, that's where I'm mainly based. I spend some time in Boise, Idaho too. Um, but uh, yeah, I've done a lot of like more smaller group things um, and mainly skill development is what I work on, stick handling, skating, and just like your your fundamentals of the game. Um, I do like to make my things challenging and push the kids, of course, but I, uh, I like to, you know, by the end of the session, I, w- I hope that they can get something out of it that they improved on their skills. So that I, I like to work on more stick handling, shooting and skating are like the things I like to focus on. Um, I, yeah, I've decided to bring my camp to to West Valley City, um, June twenty second to the twenty fifth. Um, I'm hoping that we're able to do that. It's uh, MWS Hockey Camp. I call it Mitchell Skills is kind of my line, and I've uh, again I've just mainly done it throughout the summers. Obviously, I'm still playing ice hockey. I play I play in Germany, so I I'm home for three to four months of the year, and I I have a handful of kids that I've worked with throughout the years and try to develop their skills, but, um, I wanted to expand. And I, have I thought Salt Lake was a good area. I know it's the minor hockey there is, is developing and growing a lot. And, um, I still have some contacts there and I thought it would be a good option. So I've, uh, I've tried to go for it. So I'm, I'm hoping, uh, I have some kids that will come out and try to develop skill.
2: Yeah. We're excited to have you back. And, uh, I think it'll be a lot of fun. We'll, we'll help you get the word out, obviously with this and, and I'll do everything I can to help you with that. And now Evan, you're uh, you're transitioning this year from professional hockey player to professional hockey coach, and uh, yep.
1: as,
2: as we can see with your uh, your hat, as you're self self promoting there with West Coast.
1: Yep. Uh, Why not, right?
2: And for years, so this if we can pull my camp off this year, this will be the 20th year I've I've done my camp in Utah, and I think mm-hmm. you've been there for oh, like 15 of them. Yeah, and big chunk. Probably more. And, and you've really developed, you know, you've, you've learned, you've grown just as I have running these camps. And uh, you're kind of like, you're my go-to guy when it comes to you and Ryan Kanasovich in Utah are like my go-to guys as far as, as with players. And so c- tell us a little bit about what you've experienced and maybe from your first year to this upcoming year, how you've developed more or how you've changed what you put into a
1: camp? Um, I would just say the, I guess, trends of the game. When I first started doing it, it was a lot less, I don't want to say not less skilled, but you just, it's, it wasn't as fast. I don't think, I mean, it seems like everyone's a good skater now. So you kind of have to adapt <clears throat> along with the game and what you want to get out of it and what you want the kids to get out of it. Um, I think probably Hopefully, you know, the kids will come in a little bit more polished just because they have so much access to YouTube and video and they can see so-and-so doing, you know, one trick shot or a different – you know, they just have access to so much more knowledge that you kind of have to take all that in and even broaden off of that so you can challenge them and, you know, make them better and have them get their their money's worth and their time's worth out of what what they expect out of the camp.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, for sure. And that's something – like we talk about being honest with yourself and and one of the things i've learned on doing camps is uh you know i well and i I said this last time and i i when i decided to do my camp i just stole the blue plate from or you know the the template from what shattuck saint mary was doing at the time so and i i I had talks with with jordan's dad about what i was doing jordan's uh, jp was always like you know make sure the kids have passion i wish i could do his accent but
1: Make sure, make sure he
2: has the, the kids have passion for the game. Don't take the passion away from them. And, uh, at the end of the day, that's the important part is that the kids want to come every day and they want to learn. And he told me at like at 16, 17, they're going to be driven or they're not going to be driven. And no camp, no parent, no lecture is going to put that into them. It's either they love the game enough and they want to do it for a living or they don't. And so my my camps have always been designed around working hard working fun and making sure they want to come back to the rink next next day next year next season whatever and uh jordan you and i've had conversations about this you uh your camps are a little more intense like you want you were you were explaining something about for you what you got out of a camp was knowing at some point that came out in a game that that extra dedication that extra like hour you put on one thing and then you saw it where you beat somebody because you'd worked harder.
0: Yeah, so that's the uh, there you know, there's a misconception right now I think that's going around and with determining what is considered fun for kids. And as I kind of mentioned before, you know, there are certain camps where you go there and it's it is truly a, a fun endeavor in the sense of the kids are laughing, they're having a great time and, you know, they get pizza every night and all that. And then there's the other side of fun, which is more my side of fun. (laughs) That is, uh, you have worked so much harder than your, than your opposition, so much harder than anybody else. Uh, Push yourself beyond your, what you, what you felt were your own capabilities uh, over and over and over again. And then the fun part is when you actually get to put that into application and you see that in a game. And because you did something when the lights were off, uh, there's something that happens in a game where you were clearly successful because of that extra hard work that you put in. And it's a very fleeting but gratifying moment uh, where you just say, this is exactly why I did this this hard for that one time. And then you carry on, you move on to the next thing and the rest of the play happens, the rest of the game happens, and then you get right back to work. And then the enjoyable part for me, was always getting back to work. And then for the opportunity that I may have that another chance to say, I beat you because I outworked you. And that's, that's, that's the enjoyable part for me. And and it was when I played and it's, I'm not necessarily necessarily saying that it's the right thing and it's the right mentality and the right attitude as i put together my camps and I have kids on the ice with me um, but it is what works for me and, and it's actually been an amazing experience over the last uh, this year was my first real year coaching uh, a team and I you know I started my coaching career at Shattuck and then you know I helped out uh, with Jay's camp and then I helped out with Ian Clark's camp when it was GDI so I've been doing camps for a very long time at a very high level um, but it was never to the point where I was actually coaching the kids and you get to see all these different personalities and how you have to present something different to every single person and how and, and no two people are alike in how they are motivated or how they are intrigued or how you can maximize what their talents are or what their capabilities are and so this was the real this was the first year where I really dove into that of how do you how do you present a practice every single day throughout the course of the season and p- keep people engaged and accept that there are going to be 70 percent or 60 percent that are engaged on a daily basis and then there's 30 or 40 that aren't and that and and being okay with that that was a huge struggle for me <laughs> <laughs> when, when I when I started coaching this year but it was something that I had to learn to accept and and uh, I, got to, I got to learn an absolute ton this year with coaching based on the fact that I actually get to coach teams and how, I can, how there's a correlation or not a correlation between how you run a camp and how you run an actual team
2: for the season. Okay. So Mitch, what do you think about what was just said there? What do you have to add? or?
3: Yeah, I think those are a lot of good points. Like you said, you, get, you can get a lot of different things from a camp. Um, I like a lot of the things he Jordan just said with um, just like the work aspect of it, like uh, outworking your opponent. I mean, that's, that's gratifying. And that's, that's knowing that you put in the work to accomplish that against your opponent is, is a, is a really good feeling. So, I mean, like, like there's a lot of different things. Like I, I, I like to focus more on the skill work stuff and that's kind of what I grew up in. And that's kind of the player I feel like I've, I developed into as a more of a okay. type player. And then you, you know you have your harder working players, and it, I mean you you get different things out of anything you do. But I think it's a um, they're all good choices, they're all good options, and uh, to each their own of what really they're actually looking for in their in their in in, in their personal game.
2: Oh, absolutely,
1: uh, Evan, you have something to add to that? Yeah, it kind of goes back with the um, being honest and you know doing the research where if you're if you put yourself in a place that you'll enjoy it, you're going to get up so much more out of it than if you're not looking for, say you're looking more for like a high level hardcore type camp. And you're not going to get much out of that. If you just want to have fun, cause you're going to turn off. You're just going to be, this sucks, you know, this, that, and whatever. But if you go to one where it might be a little bit more laid back, you're going to get You're going to enjoy it more. You're going to be tuned in more. You're going to be, you know, more, intrigued by what's going on. And so I I think a lot of it just kind of funnels back into that initial um, realization of what exactly you're trying to get out of it.
2: Yeah, that's one of the interesting things. And it's, it's, there's a dichotomy there. Um, Because for me, putting on the camps for so many years and having so many students come through, I've been lucky enough to see the progression of certain students. And like we talked about before, you have kids that come in that you know from day one, and Jordan, this gets to kind of what you were talking about, is you know you have a kid that wants to be the best and he wants to work hard. And you'll have that, especially in Utah, we'll, we'll have standout kids on teams, and then we'll have kids that are trying to become standout players, and then we have kids that fill the rest of the spots. And that's, that's just how Utah hockey is, and that's how a lot of markets are. And so for us, it's you, I built my camp and and I hope this is how most camps are built, is is I built them to try to nurture everybody at once. Which it's basically impossible, right? But we tried to make it so that like, you know, when I had a kid like Alex Halloran, or I mean, I, I've had a lot of these guys that came through before they made it somewhere. Um, Daniel Brickley and all these guys came to me when they were young, and some of them didn't have the drive when they were younger, and they come in and you know, you, you put on the best camp you can for them and you try not to lose anybody. That was always my goal was I don't want to, I don't want somebody to come to my hockey camp and quit hockey. And I had it happen. I had it happen every year. At least three or four kids would quit the sport. Um, and a couple kids quit the position. Like uh, my first few camps were goalie camps and Jordan, I started flying you in right away. I think you were, I don't know. I can't remember how old you were, but I started you flying in right away to work with our goaltenders. And we had guys that would just be like, you know what? This is way harder than I thought. It. I thought goaltending was just standing there and stopping pucks <laughs> and having cool masks. Right. So guys would quit the position and I always kind of felt bad, but I was glad they stayed in the sport. But then you have kids that just quit the sport, which is fine too, because you know, if, if the game's not for them, it's not for them. But, so I started bringing in other players to do, like, exactly what Mitch is saying and exactly what Shattuck would do. Like, I don't know if you guys remember, we started compartmentalizing our training so that, all right, the morning skate for the players was just skills. And we'd go off, again, it was, I was using JP's example. of Every drill had, you made a pass, you caught a pass, you had a turn, and you had some deception. Those were, the, like, the keys of his drills. And then the afternoon session would be just skating. And then we'd have like Evan come in and teach defensive techniques so that everybody kind of got an idea, you know, and we started really breaking it down because when we first started doing hockey camps, all the parents expected 20 years ago was that you would skate, pass a little bit and then scrimmage. They wanted to see scrimmages. And the longer I would do camps, the less, I wanted to see scrimmages the less I thought the kids were getting out of scrimmages. And, um, that's something I want to, I want you guys to touch on as well, because I have parents come to me all the time. And and again, we don't have the ice time that they have at Shattuck or Mitch. I'm not sure where else like how it is in California, but like for me, I'm dropping 20 grand on ice for a week to try to get three groups through and three hours of ice per group per day. And it's like, I don't really have time for scrimmage. Like, you work on your drills, you work on like work on this developmental, and become a better player, and then take that stuff into your games later and and see. I mean, I, I, we try to have a game at the end of the week, but uh, well, Mitch, we'll start with you. Actually, do you see an importance of having scrimmages during camps?
3: Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, I think you made some really good points with what you said. Um, I think applying the skills that you learn um, into your games is what you're, is what you're trying to get out of a camp. Um, Just, I feel like you can get out and hop onto a stick and puck and scrimmage anytime you want. So I feel like um, developing of what you're, whatever you're trying to get at your camp, whether it be skills, whether it be, you know, trying defensive stuff, uh, hard and be, you know, being harder to play against whatever it may be. I think that applying those to your games after your camps is more important. Yeah. I think, Maybe, like you said, towards the end of the, the camp or the end of the day, um, a small game of some sort to keep the fun in the camp is is productive and keeps keeps kids engaged and, you know, leave them with a smile. Um, but I don't think coming out for, you know, a good 30-hour scrimmage is really productive.
1: Right. Evan? Yeah, I think it's more you know, just compartmentalize it. So you can do small area games that are a game-like situation that will help highlight that certain skill, you know, whether it be protecting the puck out of the corner and spinning out, getting a shot, you know, you put, put some, uh, a defenseman on there, a forward playing defense. That's a game-like situation where they're going to have some competition. It's going to be a little more fun, but it's not the free for all of having the full ice to just kind of, you know, do whatever you want. So I think you can apply that in a more, you know, controlled factor.
2: All right, Jordy. Yeah. So
0: this is actually, I, and I've thought a lot about this. Um, and I've talked with a lot of coaches that I, that I used to have. And uh, there's so much good that they come in and, and I'm just going to parlay off of Evan. There's so much good that comes from the small area games that it it can't go unnoticed. And if you want to consider that scrimmaging, you can consider it scrimmaging, but you know, there'll be, there'll be people that will ask me as a goaltender, like, Hey, you know, what, what should you be doing on a three on two? And if you like, there is no answer for that. There's no answer. And and it's because of, well, is this a right-hand shot or a left-hand shot coming down this, uh, this way? What kind of curve does he have? Which way is he looking? Uh, Has he opened his hips up yet? Like there's all these different things that like, I can't explain why I understand them, but I do understand them because of these game or these scrimmage type situations um, where there was like this, this innate kind of learning experience that took place because of stuff like that. So at Shattuck, for an example, like we would almost never do full ice scrimmages, but we would do a lot of uh, half ice scrimmages where you would always have to, you know, touch up at the blue line and then regroup and come back in or something along those lines like that would be our our late night type stuff but it it gave kids the opportunity to try things constantly and some things worked and some things didn't and if you do too much of a structured type practice then it's almost as if kids become robots And they just expect certain things to happen every single time that a two on one comes down or every single time that they are coming down on a two on one. Like there's never this, you know, you talked about deception, you talked about those types of things that you should have in in all of these drills. And that's the same type of stuff that that you learn while you have these small area games and while you have these scrimmage type situations. Now, again, I'm going to reiterate like a full ice scrimmage can turn ugly really quickly and it gets stupid really quickly Um, But if you have those small area game-like situations where kids are able to try certain things and it's not so scripted and not so robotic, I mean, there's exponential rewards for that type of teaching as well.
1: A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said... You can binge all of the episodes of Hope and Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: It's funny cuz when you get into you get into that like when I think back to the few hockey camps cuz I didn't start hockey till I was in high school. And so I didn't go to that many hockey camps, but when I think back to what I thought was fun about hockey camps, I think of some of the scrimmages but I also know for a fact and that maybe this is because I've always been playing catch up and uh, insecure or whatever but the minute we got into a game situation I wasn't thinking about what I just learned I was just trying not to get beat as a goalie and if that meant going back to whatever flopping or yeah whatever cra- crap I did it didn't have anything to do with what I'd learned that day and I look back at that now I I can think of a specific times what i i remember a coach pointing it out uh uh walsh from university of maine back in the day he pointed it out he's like hey remember all that stuff we worked on today you just threw it right out the window because you're having a scrimmage and so anyway okay so that's that's one point i want to make and and obviously i don't have all the answers and and people are kind of over the board small area games like seem like the best idea for that and so it's probably good to find out what camps are doing that um We talked a little bit last time, and we're going to keep this as as upbeat as possible this time, is what parents should be like coming into these camps. Um, And I I just want to say, personally, I've I've had a lot of experience with with parents over 20 years, over 19 years. And I've had parents that come in and drop their kids off, and, and they understand that, you know, Jordan, you've got a ton of professional games under your belt. Mitch, you do too. You're still adding them up. Evan, you, I mean, you put in a long career and you know, like that's why you hire a plumber because he's got all that experience. And so that's why you hire an electrician because they've got tons of experience that they're bringing in that you don't know how to do. And granted guys can chirp me all they want, but for not having a ton of pro experience or whatever. Um, but that's also why I hire you guys to come in and run the camp. Um, so when you bring your kid to a hockey camp, my advice is drop them off. I hope you did your research before the camp and that, you know what the coaches are and, and what they're going to do with your kid, but don't lean over the glass and yell um, at your kid during like, we're going to motivate them. We're going to teach them to be a better person. We're going to teach them those things that you can teach somebody within a week or four days or whatever you got. But, uh, I mean, I've had parents come at me with my brochure and they didn't even understand the terminology in the brochure, but they're trying to nitpick every little thing. Like, Hey, you said you were going to be doing like, why aren't there any pucks in the morning? This is goalies. Why aren't there pucks? I'm, like, I'm learning to skate right now. Um, all right, Evan, it's your, it's your turn to go first on this one. What would you tell parents?
1: Um, I would say just, you know to reiterate just let the coaches do what they do that's why they're there that's why they've been hired um I mean I remember there was a hundred how many years ago this was I think um Ryan and I were running a camp and there was a lot of complaints because the parents were like well, why why are the kids getting disciplined too much or whatever and it's what the parents failed to see was explaining the drill three four times drawing it up showing them us doing it and then messing it up. And then, you know, the first person goes completely butchers it. Second person gets it half right. Call them back in, go through the whole thing. Do you have any questions? No, none of them had questions. Explain it again, draw it up, show them as we're doing it. And then write back the same thing. So it's just, you know, ask, ask the kids what's going on, what the deal is. Don't just automatically jump and start snapping on coaches, directors. You know, there's, there's a reason for what we're trying to do and what we're trying to accomplish. And, you know, it's something that we've dedicated so much of our, you know, blood, sweat and tears and times to, And, you know, hopefully they can realize that. And, you know, there, there, there is a reason to to start at, you know, point a and go to point B C D instead of just going A to C, you know, instead of skipping that one little thing because the pucks are going to be out there or because now it's, you know, they haven't done a shootout yet or, you know, for whatever reason. Yeah. Mitch?
3: Yeah, I mean, it goes kind of back to, like, well, knowing, like, what kind of camp you're attending. Um, you need to, again, know and be aware of what to expect, like, before the camp starts. So, um, you know, we, I think we've all dealt with our fair share of parents um, having their opinions and telling you how it should be. But at that point, if, if I mean, they're they're signing their kids up to, for your teaching and for your whatever you're providing for your whatever lesson camp whatever it may be but um um it, it's it's hard to sometimes you know understand to, um, how they you know will approach you like sometimes an attitude sometimes you know you're getting praise for what you're doing and it, it it's it's very difficult to keep everyone happy at the same time as i think we all know that but um i i think again it just goes back to what to expect at your camp that's that's how i feel about that
0: yeah, good points. Jordy? Um, as always, as I've said many times, you have to do your research, and these guys have already said it too. You brought up a really good point, and I'm, I'm and I'm interested to hear what Mitch has to say about this. So, Jay, you brought up something about how an expectation that you would kind of give to a parent is that you would motivate their kid. And I'm really interested to hear your guys' thoughts on this because this was brought up at the very beginning when I – was when I accepted the, the coaching job up here and I had, we basically asked the parents from the team, what are you, what are your expectations for this season? And I would say over half of them for a 16 year old team mentioned, we want you to motivate our child. And I just thought that that was very funny because if your kid has not figured out how to motivate himself by this point, like it's not going to be me that does this. Um, I can, I'm going to push your kid. Trust me. Like I will find out what your kid's capabilities are and I will do my best to push him every single day so he can be a a fraction better every day. And I'm going to figure that. I'm going to figure that out. I promise you I'm going to push your kid, but motivate your kid. I don't know. I don't know if I can do that. You know, I can sit here and I can try to, have him run harder. I can sit here and I can try to make him shoot pucks more or get up quicker. But at the end of the day, like if the kid doesn't have it inside of him already at that point, I don't know what that age is. I don't know when I learned this. I don't know when I learned to be self-motivated. And I don't know if there, if it was something that, you know, at five years old, my parents did something at some point and I was like, okay, yeah, I'm going to push myself. But I'm very curious to hear what you guys think about this because it has been, a topic where I've, I've i've it's been very difficult for me to understand how i can approach telling a parent if you have if your kid is not motivated uh then you should really relook at or take a peek at how you raised your child like i don't think that that's like a an easy conversation to have with a
2: parent <laughs> <laughs> yeah well and it, it could have nothing to do with how they've raised their child and just that the child doesn't there you go, to there play you go. Sport. yeah absolutely absolutely Mitch what do you think about that
3: I would agree with you 100 um uh you you have to have inside of yourself the willingness to work and like you said as coaches that's any coach's responsibility I feel to push your players push your kids and get them to the next level but from a player standpoint um having that motivation is, is within, like if, if, if you come and enjoy doing the work, that's, that's a motivated feeling I think, but if it's, if it's hard for you to go do that and you're just kind of going through the motions just to get it done, that's, I mean, an unmotivated mindset and an attitude. So I, um, as far as being motivated, I mean, I don't know how you drive that into a kid as a coach, for sure. You can push the, push whoever it is. But it's hard to, I think, pound motivation into into someone. It it comes within that person.
1: Evan, do you have anything to add to that? Yeah, um, you guys kind of covered it all there. But I mean, it's providing them with the tools to get better. And at the end of the day, if they choose not to utilize that, I mean, much right? If if they're not willing to to actually, then there's really nothing to do at that point. You can try and inspire them and be, you know, be engaged with them and, you know, be show your excitement that you have for the game and those certain skills. But, you know, that, that can only go so far, you know, eventually it's, it's going to have to turn, you know, you're going to have to look inward and see like, okay, is this really what I want to do? Is this really, do I really want to put this much effort into something?
2: Yeah. So, all right. So maybe what we're saying here is motivate isn't the right word. Maybe what we're trying to say is we're going to, we're going to push your kid that's already motivated And for the ones that aren't, they're going to figure it out. And Jordan, it goes just like what I was saying your your dad told me before. 16, 17, they're going to figure it out And if they don't. Because I I told you the story of when – I think you were present for all this. Shattuck St. Mary's was uh, recruiting my son to go there to be a goalie, and I was trying to figure out what to do because, I mean, honestly, Shattuck St. Mary's is going to bankrupt a firefighter to try and get his his kid at (laughs) Shattuck, especially starting a junior high. So – I talked to your dad, and your dad's like, Does your kid love going to the rink? And I said, Yeah, right now he does. He says, Then it doesn't matter where he plays. If he loves going to the rink right now at 14, 15, he shouldn't go to Shattuck. He doesn't have to go to Shattuck. He can go there. Fine. That's a great great school. But he can play on any team or just go play pickup at the pond. And at 16, 17, it's going to click and he's going to want to play somewhere. And it's going to be, there's going to be a better opportunity. And then he also told me that. Goalies don't get recruited out of Shattuck, so don't worry about nope. it. No, nope. there's only been two.
0: Ty Conklin and Jordan Freeze are the only two guys. Um, there was a, uh, there was a uh, speaker that I had the opportunity to listen to, and he was the, he's the coach of the New Zealand All Blacks, which is a rugby team. And I mentioned this when I was on, my, on the podcast a long time ago. Um, and so one of the questions that he was asked was, and if anybody – you should research the New Zealand All Blacks because they are the winningest franchise of all time of sure. any sport ever. Um, just an incredible place but so they asked him how do you motivate your players you're you guys are constantly number one constantly you know the best at everything how do you continue to motivate your players and his response was and mind you he's the coach of the team and his response was it's not my job to motivate the players it's the it's the players that's their job is to motivate themselves he said well my job is is to create an environment excuse me create an environment for a motivated player to excel and that's exactly what evan said is like your job as a coach is just if you have those people that are motivated, or if you don't, just make sure that you have an environment where those motivated players absolutely have the opportunity to do everything that they that their heart desires in order to become better players. And fortunately, I went to the University of North Dakota, and that was like the biggest draw for me. Is we had unlimited ice, we had unlimited weight room, we had you know top notch um, nutrition, we had access to all these amazing things, and I was like this is there is not a better place in the country as it stands right now, uh, for me to achieve the dream of of becoming a professional hockey player. There isn't there's no place. And since then more teams have kind of adopted that that style. But uh that was the biggest draw for me and I and I never really understood it until I got to listen to him speak. And when he said that so eloquently I was just like, Wow, that is exactly why I took the paths that I did because I understood that those were the environments where they offered me any opportunities that I could have ever wanted.
2: That's amazing. I just went any place that had actually let me play hockey. So I didn't have (laughs) a lot of offers. (laughs) All right. So, and I, I wonder if these, if parents having to teach their kids during the COVID uh, you know, this outbreak, if everybody being homeschooled, all of a sudden, if their parents are going to have a little bit more of an idea when they drop their kids off at the rink, what the coaches are in for, you know what I mean? Like, before they every, that, that their kids aren't the little princes and princesses that they <laughs> thought that they were. Yeah, exactly. So, um, so that <laughs> it might be that might be a good thing for us going into this season or this uh, this coaching summer. Um, so, I I think we have touched on uh, basically everything I wanted to touch on. Uh, I know we have some really good camps here in Utah, and I know there's some other camps that I I don't think are great that are they just come in, they set up, they do whatever. And I don't know, like, I don't know who their coaches are. I don't know how much they care about the kids. I don't know. I I don't want to name any camps because maybe they're better this this year. Who knows? Um, I'm not here trying to pump my own tire. I don't even, with everything that's going on, I don't know if our camp's going to go this year. Uh, Mitch, I'm excited that your camp's coming in. Can you tell us the dates and and all that stuff again and how, how we've signed up for your camp?
3: Yeah. Thanks guys a lot for having me on. And, um, my camp's called MWS hockey, a hockey camp. It's June 22 to June 25 of here of 2020. That's at the Accord ice center in West Valley city. I have the address right here. It's five three five three West 3,100 South in West Valley city. Um, my Instagram is Mitch wall skills. Um, that's my uh, Facebook page as well. And W a H L. That's right. Mitch wall is W a H L. Yep. Okay. And, um, I have a link on my uh, flyers. that could be around town a little bit, um, on there on my page as well, but I can say that here. It's register dot front office, com front slash mws 2020 U T for Utah. So that's, uh, <laughs> my, that's I'm
2: going my- <laughs> to put that on our website. I'll also put it on my camp's website.
3: Cool. Thank so that, you so much. So that
2: everybody can link up. Of course, we want to we want to help. And, and uh, our whole goal with this show, our, my whole existence and being here right now is to just help Utah Hockey get better. And I think you're a guy that can help do that. So, of course, we're going to help promote you. And I know that uh, Metcalf has his camp going on, which I don't think conflicts with yours. Uh, Stofflet, what's going on with West Coast? Are they doing some camps?
1: Uh right now, just kind of waiting. Um, I think they're looking into putting ice in the, the barn up in park city. Um, and I just kind of like everyone else, just seeing what exactly shapes out because with them kind of tentatively opening some of the other rings, I don't know if they'll gradually allow more people in the building and, and whatnot. So it's just, it's kind of a big waiting game to see what, what, what's available and what we actually can do.
2: Okay. Uh, my camp for anybody that's interested, I think, Jordan, I'm not sure if you're going to be here. You were slated to be my, one of my goalie instructors, but my camp is set for uh, the first week of August, and it'll be at Murray just like it always is. And that'll be on the Hockey Development Academy website. We'll, we'll have all that information there for you. We'll get, we'll get Steve Metcalf's information as well. I think Kanasiewicz is doing a camp too, and I know Tim Branham's going to do
1: one. Greg Lieb yeah. too. I've been working with him with his Pro, pro, pro Advantage um, summary yeah. sessions as well.
3: Side note note for me, if you don't mind for a second, Mr. Stofflet here has agreed to be one of my co-coaches as well.
1: Oh, (laughs)
2: nice.
3: That's right. That's
2: that's one of the good things about Utah is that uh, we know who's good with kids. We know know who's around that we want involved in our camps. And so you'll see some of the same names appear. And I I think that's a good thing. So I, I think, you know, Evan's been involved with in my camp forever. Jordan's been involved with in my camp. Greg Lieb, who's now doing his own thing, will also come back and teach some stuff at my camp. So we try to spread it out and try to get you as many, I'm going to call you guys tools, tools out of the toolbox to, uh, you know, to make you a better hockey player, to make you a better person. And uh, sometimes it's the same names. But uh, I hope this episode has helped people kind of figure out how to at least go about looking for a camp and, and, it just it just comes down to being honest with yourself and having your your hockey player be honest with you, because you you don't want to send, uh, you know, a player with not a lot of experience or not a lot of drive to one of Jordan's camps, or because <laughs> I or I you know. But if you have that athlete that's trying to get better and trying to achieve that next level, then these are the guys that are going to do it. I mean, I think we have a panel here. These are the guys that you guys are committed to it, and you're not committed to it because you're like, oh, I need to make 500 bucks this week. I mean, you put time, you put research, and this is the experience you guys have. You draw from what made you guys pros, and now you're giving it to Utah hockey players, which we have not had in the past. So I think it's huge. So I want to thank you guys all for willing to – be willing to coach Utah kids and – uh does anybody have anything else they want to add? The, t- the floor is yours, as they say.
3: Thanks for having us on the show. It's been good to see you guys. Jay, I haven't seen you in probably eight years. Stocks been a long time, too. Jordan, <laughs> yeah. I, I, I'm very aware of your family and, and everything, so uh, nice to meet you on there.
0: Yeah, it's been great, guys. Thank you very much for having us on, Jay.
2: All right. Okay, well, that's it for this week's uh, Utah Puck Report. That's it. We'll hopefully be back with a couple more episodes next week. That's the Utah Puck Report.